2 Peter 2, beginning in verse 20. 2 Peter 2, beginning in verse 20. It says, For if after they escaped the defilements of the world, by the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and are overcome, the last state has become worse than the first. For it would have been better for them to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn away from the holy commandment delivered to them. It has happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns to its own vomit, and a sow after washing returns to wallowing in the mire. Here we see and read the dangers, consequences of falling away. And it's interesting that it comes from Peter. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Therefore I exert the elders among you as your fellow elder, and witness of the sufferings of Christ, and the partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed. Witness of the sufferings of Christ. By the time Peter writes these epistles, he's had time to reflect on the things in his life, the things that have taken place in his life. And while he was witness to many things, the sufferings of our Lord, and ministry, and the things that our Lord engaged in in his time on this earth, wasn't witness to all things because there was a time when he turned his back on the Lord. So, Peter is so well suited to write these things about the perils of falling away. So let's look and see what we can learn from the time that Peter turned his back on the Lord. The time that Peter denied Jesus Christ. And I'd like to do that by examining the process that led to his denial. Turn with me, if you would, to Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14. As we consider the things, the process that led to Peter denying our own Lord, denying Jesus Christ, the first thing I'd like to consider is pride. Mark chapter 14. Beginning in verse 27. It says, And Jesus said to them, You will all fall away, because it is written, I will strike down the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. But Peter said to him, even though all may fail, may fall away, yet I will not. And Jesus said to him, Truly I say to you, that you yourself, this very night, before a rooster crows twice, shall three times deny me. But Peter kept insisting, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And they were all saying the same thing too. Peter boasts that he will never deny Christ. He even goes as far as to say, I will die before I deny you. In doing so, making this bold statement, he takes that first step in falling away. And that's pride. Proverbs 16, verse 18, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Why is this the first step in falling away? We're familiar with pride. We know these scriptures that we've read and others 
talk about pride, the dangers thereof. Why is this the first step in falling away? And it is because, brethren, humility is the first step in entering the kingdom. Matthew 18, verses 3 and 4 says, Truly I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever then humbles himself as a child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Pride comes before the fall? Absolutely. How do we avoid that? By being humble. That's the first step in entering the kingdom. If we lose sight of that, if we lose our humility, we've taken that first step in falling away. We've become prideful. Relying on our own self rather than being humble and relying on the power the love of God. Next thing I'd like for us to consider after pride comes laziness. Back in Matthew, I'm sorry, in Mark 14, picking up in verse 32. Familiar passage here to us. Let's pay careful attention to Peter's role in this passage. Mark 14, beginning verse 32. And they came to a place named Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here until I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be very distressed and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch. And he went a little beyond them and fell to the ground and began to pray. If, if it were possible, the hour might pass him by. And he was saying, Abba, Father, all things are possible for thee. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but thou wilt. And he came and found them sleeping and said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Keep watching and praying that you may not come into temptation. The spirit is willing. Flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy, and they did not know how to answer him. And he came a third time and said, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. Behold, the Son of Man is to be betrayed into the hands of sinners. Arise and let us be going. Behold, the one who betrays me is at hand. They were told to keep watch. Our Lord said, stay here. I'm going to go over here and pray. I want you to stay here and keep watch. When he kept coming back, they were asleep. It was a lack of diligent preparation. It caused him to be caught off guard for what was to follow. This was the night he was going to be betrayed. Jesus was going to be betrayed. This was the night that Peter was going to turn his back on our Lord. We find him sleeping in a key moment crossroads. He wasn't being diligent. He wasn't watching out. He wasn't keeping watch. Same thing can happen to us. Without diligence, we too can be found unprepared. We talked about in our Bible class this morning, the importance of diligence. Continuing to do the same things over and over again. Being diligent to pray, to read our Bibles, and to study. Without that, without that diligence, we too can be found to be unprepared. Look over in Luke chapter 21 with me. Luke 21. Luke 21, verses 34 through 36. Be on guard that your hearts may not be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness 
and the worries of life. And that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon all those who dwell on the face of all the earth. But keep on the alert at all times. Praying in order that you may have strength to escape all these things that are about to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Be on guard. Be alert. Keep alert at all times. Does that sound like something that we can just pass by? We can just wake up in the morning and just make our way through the day? Jesus says be on alert. We are proud of ourselves. We rest on our laurels. We become lazy. And that easily leads us into the next step. And that's cowardice. Go back to Mark 14. We're proud and have pride in ourselves. We become lazy. And that can lead us into being a coward. Mark 14, verse 54. And Peter had followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest. And he was sitting with the, with the officers and warming himself at the fire. Picture the scene here. Our Lord is being put on trial. He's taken from place to place. He's humiliated. He's going to be scourged. He's going to be put to death. And he's on trial for his life. And look what Peter's doing. He's following at a distance. And he sees a fire and he goes over there and warms himself by the fire. He sat with the servants, warmed himself by the fire. Now that Jesus had become unpopular, Peter stays far enough away from him so that he won't be associated with him. He seems more concerned with his own needs. He was cold. So he wouldn't warm himself by the fire. He was more concerned with that than what was going, taking place, what was going on with his Lord. Being on trial for his life. And as a result, Peter was unprepared. He was unprepared for the challenge of facing the ridicule and the persecution that was going to befall all those around Jesus. Jesus in particular and for the most part. But the ridicule that was going to come, that would come later when they're out spreading the gospel, when our Lord is already gone. Here's Peter stepping back, following at a distance. Didn't want to be associated with those who were with our Lord. Without diligent preparation, we too can become guilty of cowardice. <clears throat> Fall on that same trap. Are we ashamed to be seen carrying a Bible? Are we ashamed to be seen giving thanks? Are we ashamed to be seen with other Christians? Perhaps even ashamed to let others know that we ourselves are Christians. Are we ashamed to be associated with our Lord Jesus Christ? At this moment, Peter was. He was following in a distance. Jesus makes very clear what he thinks about those who are ashamed of him. Matthew, I'm sorry, Mark 8, verse 38. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. You're ashamed of our Lord Jesus Christ? He's going to be ashamed of you. That's a terrible thing to think about. 
Next, let's consider worldliness. In reading there in verse 54, we see Peter warming himself by the fire. He was ashamed to be seen with Christ. And it comes easy for him to mingle with those in the world and enjoy their comforts, as Peter did. But there's a danger in being too close to that warming fire in the world. Proverbs 6, verses 27 and 28, Can a man take a fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be seared? There's danger in being too close to that fire. There's danger in being too close in the world. Being ashamed of our Lord and following at a distance. Be careful in being too cozy in the world. There's a danger in that. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 33, bad company corrupts good morals. We mentioned that this morning in our Bible class as well. Those we keep in contact with, those who we associate with, the good ones are for good. Help us, lead us along the way. Pick us up when we're down. Those who are of the world can corrupt our good morals. Be careful with that. If we keep too close company with the world, we are in danger of taking that final step and falling away. And that's denial. We see it so clearly and so poignantly in Peter's denial of our own Lord. Back in Mark 14. Now, at verse 66. It says, And as Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came, and seeing Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, You too were with Jesus the Nazarene. But he denied it, saying, I neither know nor understand what you are talking about. And he went out onto the porch. And the maid saw him. And began once more to be say to the bystanders, This is one of them. But again he was denying it. And after a little while, the bystanders were saying to Peter, Surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean too. But he began to curse and swear. I do not know this man you are talking about. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine denying our Lord that way? Away from Christ, comforts of the world, Peter finds himself denying the Lord. This is a dangerous position. Matthew 10, verse 33, Whoever shall deny me before man, I will deny him before my Father who is in heaven. What a terrible position to be in. But here's Peter. He's following at a distance. He's warming himself by the fire. He's taking care of his own needs. Being comforted in the world. People coming up to him saying, aren't you with Jesus? Aren't you one of those ones? Aren't you a Galilean? Aren't you, haven't you been following him around? I don't know what you're talking about. Terrible. Moment of weakness for Peter. 
And although we may never actually deny Jesus in words, the same way here that Peter did, we can easily backslide to the point of denying Him in our actions. We are called to worship Him. But sometimes we make excuses why we cannot. We are called to serve Him. Sometimes we render very little or, or no service at all. We are called to be diligent in our studies. 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15 says, Be diligent to show yourself approved of God, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, handling accurately the word of Christ, handling accurately the word of God. But we don't take every opportunity to come together with our brethren and study from God's word. Are we handling the word of truth accurately? Are we being diligent? Prove ourselves a workman, not ashamed. We're called to stand by His side and suffer for His name. So often we stand afar off in the safety of the world and in comfort of the world like Peter did. Fortunately, and for our great example, Peter understands the grave mistake that he's made. Look in verse 72. Mark 14 and verse 72. This is after Peter has denied our Lord three times. Remember what the Lord said? He said, Peter, you're going to deny me before this night is over. You're going to deny me three times. Not just once. Three times. And we just read that he did. Verse 72, And immediately a rooster crowed a second time. And Peter remembered how Jesus had made the remark to him before a rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. Look what it says about Peter. He began to weep. Luke records how the rooster crowed, and Jesus turned and looked at Peter. Can you imagine that look? Here you are, you're off by yourself, or gathered with these others of the world, away from our Lord, warming yourself by the fire. You just denied our Lord and Savior like He said you were going to do. The rooster crows, and you remember what Jesus says. And Jesus turns and looks at you. Can you imagine getting that look from our Lord? Realizing you did exactly what He told you you were going to do? Cause Peter to weep bitterly. Much like Judas did when he betrayed Jesus. But unlike Judas, Peter had godly sorrow. And he went on to play an important role in spreading the gospel message. Think about Peter. Think about this low point in his life where he denied our Lord, just like Jesus said he was going to do. He could have gone the way of Judas and gone out and killed himself, put it into his misery, but he didn't. We know from Acts chapter 2, he went to preach, went on to preach that great lesson there on the day of Pentecost. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the remission of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. How often do we quote that verse? That's Peter. He went on to heal the lame beggar and preached that second sermon in Acts chapter 3. In Acts chapter 4 and 5, we see him thrown in prison for the things that he was saying and he was doing. You think he could 
repented and realized the mistakes that he made. And in Acts chapter 10, we see him bringing the gospel message to the Gentiles. Peter was chosen to go to the house of Cornelius and tell them about Jesus Christ and let them know that the gospel was available to all men, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Ultimately, Peter recovered from his grave mistake. And what a lesson that is to us. What a lesson is that we can read about these mistakes that Peter made and avoid making them ourselves. Avoid denying Jesus Christ in our own lives. Go back to 1 Peter chapter 5. We read verse 1. I want to read a few more verses here from 1 Peter 5. Therefore, verse 1, I exhort the elders among you as your fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily, according to the will of God, and not for sordid gain, but with eagerness. Not as lording over those who are in your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. You younger men likewise be subject to your elders, and all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, for God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, and He will exalt you in the proper time, casting your anxiety upon Him, because He cares for you. Be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. But resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren, who are in the world. Think about who's writing that. God is opposed to the proud. He gives grace to the humble. We talked about pride and the pride that Peter had. I'm not going to deny you, Lord. I'll die before I deny you. But he did. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you. Be on alert. What did our Lord say? Be on guard. Watch out. Stay here. And wait while I go over there and pray. Be on guard. Stay here and watch. Now an older and wiser, Peter shares some wisdom in preventing our own backsliding. How uniquely qualified is he to tell us these things because of the experiences that he went through? He did go down that path. He denied our Lord. When he realized that he did, he wept bitterly. Instead of falling into despair, he turned his life around. He went on to be such an important player in the spreading of the gospel that we read in Acts. And do we now have a deeper appreciation for verse 9? But resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. Peter suffered, didn't he? When he wept bitterly, I think he suffered. 
Absolutely. Peter had to endure the sufferings that he brought upon himself. He denied Jesus, a man who had, he had spent so much time with, learning and witnessing his power, discovering who he was and what his mission was. And Jesus told him he would deny him. And Peter pridefully said, no, I won't, Lord. But he did. And Jesus stared him down. Let's not make those same mistakes Peter did. We too will have to face our Lord one day. We'll have to look face to face in our Lord. Just like that moment when Peter did. Will we be weeping bitterly? Or will we be rejoicing, knowing that we have been a true and faithful servant to our Lord? Let's not make those same mistakes Peter did. Instead, let's learn from him. Let's learn from his mistakes. Let's not deny Jesus Christ in our own lives. Instead of denying, let's confidently confess our Lord. We read Matthew 10, verse 33 a minute ago about denying our Lord and what our Lord will do in return. The verse before that is full of hope. Everyone, therefore, who confesses me before men, I will confess him before my Father who is in heaven. What a wonderful source of hope that is. Confessing our Lord Jesus Christ to men and having our Lord confess us to God. What a blessing that is. Confessing Him is a result of having heard and believed. We talk often about the plan of salvation. What is it that God has set up for us, set up for mankind to be saved from His sin? And it starts with hearing. Just like those heard, those that were there and Jerusalem, the day of Pentecost. They heard Peter. They heard what he had to say. And they were convicted of their sins. And remember what they said? Men and brethren, what shall we do? That's what Peter said, repented to baptized. Hearing and believing. And repenting. Understanding that repenting is making that change necessary in your life. God expects that. Upon hearing and believing, God expects you to make a change in your life. Acts 17 and verse 30 says, Having overlooked those times of ignorance, God is calling on all men everywhere to repent. He calls us to repent. And upon that, making that good confession. So often we talk about the Ethiopian eunuch. Here's water, what permits me from being baptized? Philip says to him, If you believe with all your heart, you may. Remember what, what the Ethiopian eunuch said? I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Upon that good confession, then Philip stopped the chariot and went down in the water and he was baptized. Baptize, baptizing so important. We cannot enter the kingdom of heaven without it. There's only one way that we get to the God the Father, and that's through Jesus Christ the Son. And he has set up this way that we're going to do that. Being buried in baptism, coming in contact with the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's how we do it. We put to death that old man. That old man of sin is buried in baptism. When we come up out of the water, we're raised to be a new child. A new child of God. To walk in newness of life. And what a blessing that is. Brethren, if you've not responded, or if you've fallen away, let me say, 
you've fallen away. You find yourself like Peter, denying our Lord. You need prayers on your behalf. We can help you with that. Or if you're here among us and you have not heeded the gospel call, you need to. God is calling on all men everywhere to repent. No one is exempt. The only way to the Father is through the Son, Jesus Christ. If there's any way that we can help you, you can let that be known as together we stand and sing for the church.